So what we're talking about is actually tapping into the favor of God and positioning yourself, you know, for that to understand and recognize, um, you know, when you're experiencing the favor of God. And a lot of people do, but they don't always stop to recognize that God's the one that's doing something in their life. That shouldn't be the way that we are. Can I have an amen? amen. And a lot of people uh, just think it's by the strength of their hands that they're being favored in life. But how many you know it's not by the strength of our hands? The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 17 and 18, when God blesses you and you build your goodly houses and He increases you, don't say it was by the strength of my hands. For it is the Lord that gives you power to get wealth. And so confirms His covenant. So write this down. The favor of God on your life is a very clear uh, indicator and manifestation of the covenant of God. As someone in covenant with God, you should see favor operating in your life. You should see God's favor manifesting in your life. And if you don't, there's some reasons for that. And if time permits, we'll give you some of the things that uh, I learned years ago from Brother Osteen about this. But I just want to focus, first of all, tonight on, uh, on how you position yourself and start with these scriptures again in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And I will make you a nation, and I will bless you with an abundant increase of favors. You'll find out throughout scripture when God is in covenant with someone, favor is a manifestation of that covenant. Shout that out. Favor, favor. is a manifestation, a manifestation of the covenant, of the covenant. With, God. with God. And uh, if you have accepted Jesus Christ, then guess what? You're part of the family. You're part of the favor family in Jesus' Amen. name. And you should have a, a sense about you every single day that uh, another dimension of His favor could break out in your life. And you know what? He's no respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. Romans 5.2 tells us that we access this favor by faith. Always remember that. Uh, Galatians 3.29, If you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, then heirs according to the promise. In other words, you're entitled to the same blessing and favor that Abraham walked in. And you and I have a whole lot more uh, bestowed upon us than Abraham. We have more revelation, more understanding. We're born again. Does that make sense? Yes. He was made righteous by faith. You're born again by faith. Amen. You've been baptized, amen, in the person of the Holy Spirit. There are things you have he did not have. You have the revelation of the Word of God. He had very little personal revelation in terms of the written Word of God or even the spoken Word of God. But boy, didn't he do a marvelous job with what he had. What if we could do with what we have what He did with what He had? By revelation, He understood this concept of faith. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, we have to realize the day that we're in. And the day that we're in is a day of favor. The Scripture says, In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of God's salvation. What time is it? Now. It's favor time. When does this come? Now. Don't be thinking, well, one day, maybe in the sweet by and by, a favor will come on my life. You should be, you know, realizing that God can give you a favor when? Now. now. And of course, this is straight from the Word of God. I want you to understand that. Moving on to Psalm 30, verse 5. For His anger lasts only a moment, but His favor lasts a lifetime. Religion will emphasize that God has put out with you. That God is angry with you, that you've disappointed God, that you've let Him down. The Scripture doesn't reveal a God that's like that. No, it's not about a God who's perpetually angry. In fact, any wrath was satisfied in Christ. It's not His anger that lasts a lifetime. It's His favor 
that lasts a lifetime. And how many know when you got born again, your life was significantly extended? Yes. Eternal life. From the day you got born again through eternity, the favor of God is on your life. I want you to meditate on that. From the day you got born again, throughout eternity forward, you are favored of God. There is no wrath for you. Yeah, it's a big deal to be born again. Smile at your neighbor and say, it's a big deal to be born again. In Psalm 102.13, you will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. And I already showed you recently that according to the Word of God, all those that are born again in God's eyes are part of Zion. You are born into what? The Zionist movement of God. You are part of His family, and there is favor on that. Listen to that again. You will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. And you will see this in your own life, but you'll also see God's favor manifesting in and through and upon Israel as we go forward in time in these last days. And uh, God does that in a lot of ways, but He's not abandoning His people. The UN may abandon them. U.S. presidents may even abandon them. But God will never abandon His people. Does that make sense? Glory to God. Psalm 5, verse 12, one of my absolute favorite scriptures about favor. Surely you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor. Anybody here righteous through the blood of Jesus? Well, then you qualify for His favor. One more time. Surely you bless the righteous. You what? You surround them with favor. There's something around you. There's something on you called the blessing, but there's something around you called the favor of God. Amen. And your favor should announce you everywhere you go. Amen. Here comes that favored one. Amen. The light of His glory and the power of His glory and His favor. Amen. It announces you. Here comes another one of God's favored people. Glory to God. That's the main mentality you should have. So how do you recognize and spot favor in, in your life? And it's important that you are able to do that. Because uh, some people, um, you know, I was listening to Keith Moore, and he was talking about, uh, he was talking to a preacher. He goes, you know what, I can't tell you that God's ever done anything for me. And he was just dumbfounded. This guy was so much blessed on his life, couldn't even see how much favor was on his life. You know, you could right now just, just have all these, you could just rattle them off. Somebody from the outside looking in can rattle off all the ways God has favored you and you'd be blind to it. You don't recognize, you don't see what God is doing. I tell you, there's a lot that you can see that God is doing. And I'll tell you this, there's a lot of favor operating in your life that you can't see right now. All the traps you didn't get into, all the junk you didn't get snared by, all the wrecks you didn't have. Could I have a better amen than that? Amen. He's been moving and protecting and guiding. Yes. You know, one of our elders when I was in college here, he used to talk about the unseen hand of God. Well, I believe there is an unseen hand of God, and it's moving in your life. And what is that? It's the favor of God. Come on, shout it out. It's the favor of God. So it's important to understand and recognize and spot it so that you can respond to this appropriately, and you can also help other people understand it as well. First of all, you can recognize and spot favor by a strategic relationship, some vital partnership that God has. And the obvious, uh, you know, application of that 
is if God has, has brought you somebody of like precious faith to live out your life with, a marriage partner can have an amen. Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Kelly made me say that. <laughs> but what is it? It's, it's, it's a dimension of His favor. If you marry well. But it extends beyond that, you know, to associations that you might have. You know, the world has this approach. Well, I got to get out there and network, get my name out there and make connections, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? The Lord can give you favor without your hand being involved in the situation. He can raise you up like a David. He can preserve you and raise you up like a Joseph when it seems like all the networking is against you. Are you here today? That's how you can spot his favor. When you shouldn't be the one they call, you shouldn't be the one they hire, and yet guess what? God makes that connection and the favor is manifested in your life. Number two, you can recognize it by an open door. An open door that only he could open. In the natural, it seems like it's impossible. God is a master at opening doors for his people. And one of the basic definitions of the favor of God is an open door or an opportunity. So when God opens up a door in your life and you, you know it's God, you feel the peace of God, you, you know, sometimes the devil opens up doors. Have you found that out? Anybody ever walk through a door the devil opened up? Yeah, and I found out also that the devil can try to obstruct and close doors. You've got to learn to discern whether the open door is really God in His favor or the enemy trying to divert you. And if there seems to be a door that's closed, you take your size 12 favor foot and knock it down. What we don't do is, well, the door's open, it's God. If it's closed, it can't be God. That is sense-based and sight-based living. And spiritual people don't live that way anymore. You don't judge that door whether it's open or closed. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. But that said, uh, when, when God's trying to favor you, nobody can stop you from being favored. In the end, God is going to manifest that favor. You're going to see that open door. I've been here long enough to see many, many people who on paper shouldn't have got the job or position that they got. They shouldn't have got the raise. They shouldn't have got the opportunity. But what was on you? It doesn't make any difference if your resume didn't compare or your education didn't compare, or your experience didn't compare, there's something on you that bypasses all of that, and it's called the favor of God. Okay, you got more degrees, you know, than alphabets have an al alphabet serial. But the favor of God is what you need. Does that make sense? Uh, where somebody just agrees that, that it's you that they need, it's, it's you in that role, in that position. Aren't you glad he knows how to open up doors? But do not run your life by, if it's an open, it's God. If it's closed, it can't be God. Sometimes a closed door can be a timing issue, and it can be God. And sometimes when you see an open door, you should smell the smoke on the other side of that and run. Can I have a better amen than that tonight? <laughs> Number three, you can recognize and spot the favor of God by a seeming coincidence. God's invisible orchestration. That's why it seems like a coincidence to you. It's funny that for God's people, these coincidences keep happening. But that's not what it really is. It's a seeming coincidence. It is not. It's the hand of God in your life. 
Glory to God. We don't relegate anything to coincidence. We don't relegate anything to fate. Are you here? We do believe in things like seed time and harvest. Does that make sense? We do believe like Joshua where he confessed the word of God night and day. We let the word of God continue out of our mouth and we're careful to do it. And by doing that, we make our way what? Successful. The favor of God lines up with the principle that God gave Joshua and according to Psalm 1 as well. When you do this, you position yourself for the favor of God. But get that kind of language out of, uh, out of your system. They're not coincidences for the child of God. You just happen to run into somebody you haven't seen in years, and God's trying to get you to do something, to minister to that person, to encourage that person. Uh, for no apparent reason, they seem to be on your heart and your mind. You haven't seen them in years. You need to pay attention to that kind of thing. Brother Osteen called that the divine flow of love. And when there's a prompt and urging, you should act on it, whether it means sending an email, text, you know, or calling somebody, or doing something tangible. Make sure you, you obey that. When you're going through the aisles of Walmart and God prompts you to help somebody that you perceive and the Spirit is struggling financially, don't say, get thee behind me, devil. The devil's never prompting you to pay for somebody's groceries at Walmart. Ever. The devil's not prompting you to fill somebody's car up. Write them a check. That is not the devil. Amen. And you should be thrilled that God would pick you. Does that make sense? You should be thrilled that God would pick you. You were looking up the scripture the other day about how God rewards the poor. What were those benefits? Remember the scripture that was? Pull that up in just a minute. Um, a lot of people out there are hurting. And you're the favor of God. You're the favorite of God. You have the answers. Does that make sense? So we're not dealing with coincidences when God prompts you to do something for somebody, to reach out. And if you're having some kind of divine connection out there, that, that thing that just seems to be completely arbitrary is not for the believer. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you believe He guides you? Yes. Do you believe He can guide you without you even knowing you're being guided? Yes. I mean, no, ignorance is bliss sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's better for you not to know you're being guided. <laughs> Yes, amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number four, a special insight. A special insight, a flash of wisdom, a revelation. You have the answer, but no one else seems to have. That's a, another way to recognize and spot favor in your life. Anybody here just had a flash of genius and you knew it wasn't you? You had the answer. You had the word. You had the solution to the situation. That's the favor of God. God's word teaches us about a thing called a spirit of wisdom and revelation. But sometimes they don't come through your discipline and your study. They come because God is trying to do something in real time. He's trying to use you, you know, you know, as an agent of that particular wisdom. That happened when Peter was was responding to the Lord about who do men say that I am. What did he say? Flash. Now, the problem with people like Peter and you and me, he can have a flash of stupidity just as well as he can have a flash of revelation. Just me and Peter, I guess, but not the rest of you. <laughs> Thou art what? The Christ, the Son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Blessed are you, 
What was Jesus saying? He's saying, you're obviously a favorite of the Father. The Father would give this to you. The very linchpin, the very foundation of the Christian faith is what? Not the rock of what? A man, but the rock of revealed knowledge, and he gives it to Peter. Remember Peter, the one that would deny him. Remember Peter, the one that you know cut off Malchus's ear. Remember Peter, the little racist in the early church that Paul had to rebuke. Some of y'all are feeling real good right now that you don't have to be perfect for God to use you. <laughs> You're feeling Peter-like tonight. <laughs> well, he favored him. Something, though, that God saw in his heart. He wasn't looking at his mistakes. He wasn't looking at what he would do wrong. He wasn't looking at the sinking Peter. He was looking at the Peter who momentarily walked on water, Peter. Look at somebody and tell him he judges after the heart not the appearance. And so you have special insight, a flash of wisdom, a revelation. You have the answer to a problem. You have a solution no one else can have. That's the favor of God in your life. Number five, how to recognize and spot favor, a stepping stone in your life. It's a vital step that you need on your path to where you're going. And it's very important you just don't see the end result as the favor of God, but you start seeing the little steps to get there as the favor of God. Because if you're moving forward, that's the favor of God. And I'll tell you this, God has very rarely shown me five steps ahead, three steps ahead, even two steps ahead, but He will show me one step ahead. Say it with me, that is the favor of God. If you receive even a single step in your life, that's the favor of God. And you need to recognize that and rejoice in that. Now, I want him to show me where the path ends. Well, maybe you're not in a position right now to handle that. Maybe it would spook you. Or maybe it would make you proud. Does that make sense? Thank God for stepping stones. Thank God for stages. He led Israel in easy stages. Thank God He's moving us consistently, deliberately, but He's not expecting us to cover 5,000 steps tomorrow. But He does expect you, if He illuminates a step, for you to take it. If He's given you that favor, you should take advantage of that and have a, a great sense of appreciation for it. Number six, how to recognize and spot favor, a growth opportunity. Something that will prepare you and equip you for the road ahead. You should thank God for that. That could come in the form of somebody putting their arm around you and saying, I'm going to help you grow spiritually. I want to mentor you, that kind of a thing. It could be like an you know, Elijah kind of a thing that where you have an Elisha who's a protege kind of a thing, or it could be a growth opportunity educationally. Never underestimate the power of an educational opportunity in your life. Let me help you out here. With all the emphasis on practical job making and student debt, let me explain to you the value of education because I personally believe the two most transformational things you'll ever experience in life if you have the right attitude. Number one, your relationship with Jesus Christ, the new birth. And number two, education. If you understand education as a tool for transformation and personal growth, not just to put it on a resume and get a job. Most people in an educational path squander what that's really all about. It's supposed to be a process of changing you. It should be a transformational personal growth opportunity and not just, well, I got to have this so I can do this. 
Stop and think about what's going on. Now, in the, in the church context, the same thing. Don't just see that as just an old Sunday school class. Who cares? See it as a transformational opportunity. Yes. When Joy is teaching on healing school right now, see it as an opportunity to grow and be healed because faith comes by hearing, hearing and hearing by what? The by the Word of God. See the opportunities that you have as favor. Somebody's willing to teach you how to do something? That's the favor of God. Hallelujah. Somebody's willing to spend the time to instruct, to, to encourage you. Don't treat that with contempt. Treat that with respect. A growth opportunity is the favor of God. Amen. I'm going to say it again. A growth opportunity is the favor of God. Being able to come here in a free nation on Wednesday night and grow is the favor of God. You don't appreciate being taught the uncompromised Word of God until you aren't able to be subjected to it. And there's nothing like, and you know, Ruth and I were talking about this Sunday, it's one thing to listen to it online, it's nothing to be here where the presence of God is manifesting, where the spirit of faith is there, lives are being changed. It's great to do that, but it was never designed as a substitute for being the body of Christ. Amen. You get to hear the uncompromised Word of God. That's the favor of God. Amen. Amen. It coming into my life was the favor of God. Me having the privilege of preaching is the favor of God. I don't think we see these opportunities with all the respect that we should give them. Look at somebody say, you are blessed because of the Word of God that you're hearing. Now, with the same measure that you meet, guess what's going to happen? What you actually, you have that mindset, attitude, it determines what you can actually receive from that. And again, going back to what Keith Moore teaches, it's not just the speaker that is responsible for utterance. It's the hearer that's responsible for utterance. You could pull things tonight out of the Spirit, amen, if you demand them, that I had no intention on dealing with. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you? Yes. And a big part of that is saying we're, we're favored of God. You're part of a generation that just has chosen to actually take God at His word and believe what He said. Yes. Disregarding all the naysayers and all the critics. You know, it's becoming very popular today to, to lash out and criticize you people who think you speak in tongues. Bless your darling hearts. You little self defeat, you know, self you know, deceived nitwits that think you actually speak in tongues. <laughs> and they'll make fun of it by putting on somebody from some foreign land, you know, and they'll, they'll joke about this and they'll say the scripture doesn't teach that. Well, the scripture does. Jesus prophesied this was coming. Isaiah spoke of this. Ezekiel spoke of this. In Acts chapter 2, they received and received tongues. Acts chapter 8, 9, and 10 are demonstrations of what God did through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, the Ephesian believers said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost, and Paul laid his hands on them. And guess what they did? They began to speak in other tongues. So it's perfectly biblical, but people are afraid of this. It's a pneumophobia. It's a, a fear of the things of the Spirit. And it's actually a fear of being in control. Yes. They want to have control. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God you're a tongue talker. And if you're not, ask God to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and use it. Amen. 
and use it pro, you know, prolifically in, in your life. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to thank God for. It's something to honor God for. It's the favor of God. How can the Holy Ghost coming on you and you manifesting the gifts of the Spirit and you having a prayer language, how can that be anything but the favor of God? You know what will happen is you grow when you receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's like putting lighter fluid on a fire. <laughs> How can we let people, you know, you know, push us into being sheepish about these things when it's really the favor of God? And they go around bragging about it and say, I'm better than you. No, you're not. It's the gift of God. Does that make sense? But it's perfectly biblical. And they'll go through all these arguments. You know, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, they need to take a tip from Brother Osteen when he taught on the gifts of the Spirit at uh, his church, you know, I think it was uh, Baytown Baptist Church years ago in, in Houston, Texas. It was like, um, well, you know, tongues is what our good, you know, Baptist linguists do and, and healing is what our good doctors do. And, and in the middle of his sermon, he just closed his Bible and he looked at his church and said, I don't know what I'm talking about. And guess what? The people who criticize the things of the Spirit don't know what they're talking about. But you do. And you should see it as the favor of God. Amen. Shout out the Holy Ghost. The, Holy the Ghost. baptism in the, the Holy Ghost. Tongues is favor. A growth opportunity for me. I guess what happens every day if you pray in the Holy Ghost. It is a growth opportunity for you. Don't neglect these things. You'll be glad that you didn't in these last days. Number seven, how to recognize and spot favor. It's a time of extraordinary resourcing in your life, funds and resources, material, whatever the case may be, whatever is needed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen carefully. <laughs> if, um, if God did anything for you, it's a job, unexpected income, unexpected provision, you know, the vehicle that you needed to drive, somewhere you needed to live, anything like that, that's the favor of God. Yes, it is. And listen carefully to what the Spirit of God is saying. It's the favor of God is a slice of prosperity. People out there that, that joke about a prosperity gospel, it's not a prosperity or a healing or deliverance gospel. It is the gospel that includes healing, prosperity, and deliverance. It's part of the same thing. That's where they make the mistake. And they also assume that it's by my hands I did this. But every time God opens up a door, a job for a believer, every time there's unexpected income, every time you buy a house for a hundred grand and sell it for 300, that was the favor yes. of God. It is always a slice of prosperity. And whether you acknowledge it or not or call it by what the Bible calls it, that's what God did for you. You're an anti-faith and anti-prosperity, but God prospered you. He favored you. Guess what? He just prospered you despite yourself. You know what faith people do? We just acknowledge that he did it. Yes. We just acknowledge that it's real. Yes. Yes. There's nothing dumber than one Christian leader criticizing another one for the millions that he has in the house that he lives in because he sold books when you got your millions by selling books. But I don't want to officially acknowledge that I believe this stuff. doesn't matter if you acknowledge it or not. Uh, the prosperity God gave this preacher who downs every other preacher out there on this subject, listen carefully, all of his abundance is in fact a slice of the favor of God. That's it. Amen. 
Now, in Joel Osteen's case, he'll acknowledge it's the favor of God. But how can one person sell books and it be horrible and another person sell books and criticize the other guy and somehow that's okay? I'm telling you what, the Father's getting fed up with this stuff. Robert Morris recently said this, and it's very, very powerful. He said, right now, when the enemy is completely united to destroy God and his people, the church is completely divided, cutting on each other. We need to go back to a war footing. I was reading a story Brother Copeland was telling about the, uh, the first graduate, the first black graduate of West Point. He became the leader of the Tuskegee Airmen, which later Bill Winston flew for. He became the first, I believe, uh, major general in the Air Force. And he was asked, he goes, did you have friends in West Point? He said, I didn't really have any friends. You know, it didn't seem like anybody wanted to be my friend there. I was just like the first person, the first person to break through this barrier. And then they asked some of the same people that in his West Point class, you know, did, did he have any friends? Were you his friends? You know, did you guys connect? He said, no, we just kind of felt like he didn't want to be our friends. So you have this group over here thinking that the other person doesn't want to be their friend and this person thinking that they don't want to be their friend. But something happened to those people. A war broke out. And one time they were on opposite sides and they're thinking suddenly united by a common enemy. That's what has to happen to the body of Christ. So I'm going to say it to you again as a pastor that cares about you and loves you and wants you to have victory. The moment you hear somebody on YouTube or Facebook or TikTok or a blog or TV criticizing a man or woman of God, turn them off. They want to talk about doctrine, that's fine. People have difference of opinion and belief. But keep the mouths closed on God's people. Who are you to judge another man's servant? No one, that's who you are. And all it's doing is dividing brother against brother and sister against sister. Well, we have never been needed to be more united than ever in the history of the church. Are you here today? Let me say it again. When you hear somebody put somebody else's name in their mouth, turn it off. There is nothing you need to receive from somebody who does not respect the law of love. Let no unwholesome communication come out of your mouth. Well, I call them as I seize them. No, there is no such thing as a ministry of discernment where people go around exposing their brothers and sisters and criticizing them. No, I don't have to attack the local Catholic priest to disagree with certain doctrines. I don't have to put his name in my mouth or the Methodist church or the Lutheran church to disagree with the doctor. What I should just do, somebody in this town disagrees with my position on the Holy Ghost. I should just stick to teaching my position, not attacking the person who doesn't agree with me. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I'm telling you, it is venom. It is poison in your system. Let this stuff get in you. It will not build your faith. It will just build cynicism and take you out of love. And that will compromise everything that's on the inside of you. Thank God for what you get. Amen. Appreciate what you have. But don't submit yourself to that stuff. I mean, I just don't have any time for it. And oftentimes it's just dripping with hypocrisy anyway. Amen. One brother telling people, oh, don't, 
Don't play and listen to that Bethel stuff. Don't let those Hillsong songs get into your church. Oh, that's horrible, horrible. And then you come to find out the real truth. You know why they don't want you to do that? Because somehow they think that Bethel make money if we sing Bethel songs in the church. Can I tell you something? Bethel's not making much money off of us singing their songs in the church. That's called stupid gone to seed. You know what's really behind it all? We can't stand the way God is using Bethel. That's the truth. We can't stand how God uses Brother Copeland or Keith Moore or Jerry Savelle. We can't stand how God uses Brother Osteen. And so we've got to criticize him, bring him down to size. Better be careful. Miriam tried that with Moses and ended up being put outside the camp. Scripture indicates that God was mad enough to spit on her. That makes sense? And nowhere does it say, and God counted Moses as perfect. We know that he wasn't. Does that make sense? So when you get a hold of this stuff, just absolutely don't give your ear to it. And they don't have to have a blog. They don't have to have a TV show. They don't have to have a radio show. If you run across a human being doing this, just say, I'm sorry, I can't receive that. I do not allow people to put God's servants in their mouth and denigrate them. There ought to be more amens in this here church tonight than that. Let them rail on everybody out there they want to. Does that make sense? I'm not going down that path. But I will warn you that that stuff gets into your spirit. It will damage your ability to believe God. And we should be focused in on favor. We should focus on what other brothers and sisters of other you know, aspects of the Christian faith bring to the table. Does that make sense? How arrogant is it to think that we have all the revelation that exists in the body of Christ and we don't need anyone else? Do you see this? That's where a lot of this comes from. So be careful out there. Amen. Turn your name and say, Pastor's warned you. Amen. Can pastors do that? I just did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Every time, God opens up the door. Amen. Grandma sent you that 200 check for no reason at all. Favor. It's a slice of favor. Anybody here like slices of favor? Anybody here like the entire pie favor? Anybody want a pie? How about a pie show up tomorrow for you, glory to God? A big old pie that you can't even eat at all, glory to God. All I'm saying is people of faith recognize it's the favor of God. He's doing it in his idea, and there's no reason why we can't believe him for it. He surrounds us with favor. Of course, it's a slice of favor. That unexpected income, unexpected opportunity, anything that would increase you is the favor of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So how do you consistently walk in the favor of God? Non-stop, ever-increasing favor in your life. Write this down. Number one, you must get into position. That means spiritually. Get back in His will if you're out of it. It starts with salvation, but it's not just salvation. Fred Price, uh, powerful African-American ministries with Jesus now, but the things he did in Los Angeles, the things he had taught that still resonate today in the Spirit, 
And so here's an example of someone who just didn't tell you all the fluff and stuff. He would say things like this. If God loves something, then you better love it. He also said if God hates something, you better hate it. When the implication is if there's a sin out there, you should view it the same way he does. And oftentimes we don't drop sins because we don't hate them enough. Not the sinner. Reformed theologians tell us that God hates the sinner. No. For God so loved the world. What? Full of sinners. While they were still sinners, while we were what? Dead in our trespasses and sin. God what? Sent Jesus for you and for me. He demonstrated his love in this while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. But he does clearly hate certain sins, doesn't he? Not all sin, but he has specifically mentioned things that he hates. Does that make sense? It'd be good for you to review those every once in a while and make sure you're not tolerating those things. I say, I should love what he says to love. For example, one another. And hate what he says he hates. The sin that destroys people. And it's not because he's trying to you know, take your good time away, so-called. He knows what sin will do. And you've been taught in this church, you understand that sin breaks things. Amen. Always. But I'm a Christian, so I'm exempt. No, if you are a Christian and you sin, you will break something. Thank you for that Wednesday night enthusiasm over that revelation. Amen. Glory to God. Psalm 84, uh, I believe it's 1 or 11. It's 11, yeah. For the Lord God is a, is a uh, sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who are upright. Can you see this? Living right pays off. Talking right pays off. Treating people right pays off. Say it with me. No good thing does He withhold. Shout it again. No, no good thing. Number two, you must understand favor. Understand favor. In other words, what it is, it's open doors and opportunities, and understand it so you can take advantage of it. Nothing worse than seeing a door of favor and it's never taken advantage of. You never participate in that. You never move forward in the things of God. And a lot of people don't because they don't recognize it. So we've already covered that in detail, how to spot it. But just make sure that you understand what the favor of God is. Shout this out. The favor of God is a slice of prosperity. If y'all walked out of church tonight and, and there was a, a gold bar sitting out there on the sidewalk, uh-huh. would you just say, oh, that's nice? I don't know. <laughs> You'd all been down, look around. <laughs> Make sure it doesn't have Nazi markings on it or somebody's name, hallelujah. People pass up good things to God all the time because they don't recognize them. Say, it's a slice of prosperity. Number three, you must believe you are favored. Not just Mary, highly favored and blessed, but you are favored. You've got to believe that He redeemed you from the curse. You have to believe that He bestowed His blessing on you and that the favor of God rests on you. 
bestows doesn't mean it's coming on and off, on and off. It rests on you. Shout this out. There's something on you. It's the blessing. And you're surrounded with something. Let me get a picture of this. You're walking around with this invisible garment, the blessing, supernatural power of God to cause you to excel, to increase, to bear much fruit, to have longevity, to succeed. And then around you is the favor of God. How could you possibly lose in this life? Unless deep down you don't believe you deserve to be favored. You know, your family's always been, you know, losers and nothing ever works out for them and everything always fails. That mentality has to go. You're favored of God. Come on, shout it out. I, I am favored of God. You got to believe it. And the way you're going to believe it is get your mind renewed to what the Word of God says. You know, I didn't write these scriptures. They called Jerry Savelle Dr. Favor. The Lord told him years ago that one day you'd be known around the world as the favor preacher. And not only does he preach favor, guess what? He has favor in his life. No matter what he does, the favor of God shows up. <laughs> and the stories are just phenomenal. One man was a, uh, a, a alcohol distributor and uh, called him home one day and handed him a bag with $700,000 cash in it. How, how does that happen? Now, here's what the religious mind says. Well, I would never take that dirty money. Money does not possess a personality. It takes on the personality and the values of the one that possesses it. Amen. What you say is, that's the favor of God. Amen. What he told him was, take this money and go. And Jerry said, next time obey the Lord, he'll take everything. <laughs> Man <laughs> was ready to get rid of him. Amen. Everybody criticized you know, Or Roberts because a, a, a dog track owner in Florida gave him $8 million to retire student debt for medical students. I'll show you how the world works. Oh, that's evil. Why would anybody do something like that? When it left the hands of the dog track owner and went into the hands of a man of God, it was sanctified. That's right. That's right. Does that make sense? Well, I'm so glad to know that, Pastor, because I play the lottery every week. And when I big, win big, hallelujah, glory to God, I'm going to tithe. Well, I would expect you to tithe. Yes. But find some better ways for God to favor you. Amen. Um, lottery basically is a stupid tax on the poor. But I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Y'all don't have to get nervous. I'm not going to go out and look at your glove box right now. Not in the middle of the service. Ain't going to happen. I'm not going to die on that theological hill. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? I'm just making a point here that when something is not sanctified, but it enters the hands of the sanctified, when the Queen of Sheba had her materials and her precious metals on the carts coming to the man of God, they were not sanctified. When they hit Solomon's possession, they were sanctified. Do you have any idea where that gold had been through the generations? The wicked people that had handled that gold, had handled that silver? Think about it. But when it got into Solomon's possession, it was what? It's now the Lord's. And it's for His purposes. Glory to God. This is a mind-renewing issue. Shout out, I need to renew my mind that I am favored of God. Come on, shout it out, I am favored of God. I mean boldly say, the favor of God is on my life right now. Believing that. And I just gave you a few scriptures. Brother Jerry, in some of his books, he gives a lot of scriptures on the promise of favor. I encourage you to, to research it out. You got that? Going back to the, you know, to the principle, 
of God prompting you to help somebody. Oh, the joys. This is uh, Psalm 41, verse 1. Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. And then he goes on to list the benefits of somebody who actually was kind to the poor. So you're at Walmart and the Holy Ghost prompts you because somebody's struggling. Does that make sense? And you don't say, get thee behind me, devil. You don't look to see if he's talking to another Christian because he couldn't possibly be talking to you. No, he's talking to you. Oh, the joys of, of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they're in trouble. Anybody ever need rescuing from trouble even as a Christian? All right, you obey. You fill that person's tank up and here comes trouble. You have a right to say, I'm trusting God to deliver me from this trouble. I did what he told me to do and I believe he'll do what he said he would do because I had a heart and a mind towards those that were themselves in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. All the things that are out there that can kill you. Amen. Is that not a good promise? Look, we didn't make this up. We didn't write this. This is what the Word of God actually says. When you are prompted to help, and you do, you have promises that you can stand on. They're amazing. He gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. Not in heaven. Here. And should you have an enemy, is God able to deal with them? All that because I helped somebody that was poor? Yes. Start believing what the Word of God says. Oh, the joys. It doesn't say, oh, the sorrow. There it goes. I'll never see that again. Or I hope they don't use that on beer and cigarettes. None of your business. I said, that's none of your business. I'm not going to give it until I know exactly where it's going to go. If the Lord commanded it, it's none of your business. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. Anybody ever need to be nursed back to health? I like that. Nurse Jesus. Dr. Jesus. From doing what? You know, the Word of God is plain. You have to have help not to understand or believe this. Amen. When a, you know, when a directive comes, we should thank God. He honored us with that privilege. Because not only can we have the blessing, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We can turn right around and trust that God will do Psalm, 1, Psalm 41 in our lives. Do you believe that today? Say, I believe it. I believe I'm favored. When Mary was told that she was blessed and highly favored of the Lord, she, her response is, I doubt it. That was... <laughs> That was not her response. But some of us on the inside, that's exactly our response when he says we're favored and blessed. Well, I don't know, you know. We've always struggled. We've always had a hard time. Well, you can break the mold, bless God. You can be the one to lead your family out of disfavor, amen, and out of the curse, into the blessing and into the favor of God. Number four, you must confess favor. Daily declare the favor of God on your life. Get up declaring the favor of God in your life. Do you know that your words are magnets? Do you know that? There's a Japanese researcher that did a study. I believe the original study was in 2003, and he's done follow-up studies. And what he did was he, he took a drop of water 
and he blessed that water. He said good things to that water. He said happy things to that water. And then they would flash freeze those drops and they would turn into the most beautiful crystallized water you've ever seen. Like you know, close-ups of, of snowflakes you've seen, just beautiful, symmetrical. They were all you know, very, very unique. But every single one of those that got good talk or good speech or positive speech, are you hearing me? They turn out to have these beautiful patterns. He did the opposite to other droplets. He cursed them. He spoke evil over them. Do you know what they turned out to be? Little blobs of frozen mass, not symmetrical, not every single time. What does that tell you? Your words have an effect over the molecules of water. How much more your own body? How much the things around you? So when you go around declaring the favor of God is all my life, and you should do it with a, with a spring in your step, amen, and a gleam in your eye, glory to God, and joy in your heart. God has favored you. Yes. Come on, say it. I am, I am the favorite of God. Get up every morning that way. Go to bed saying, thank God I'm the favorite of God. Lord, what you going to do in the middle of the night because I am favorite of you? Well, I, I can't do that. That's so unlike me. Don't tell me about unlike you. I was raised a Lutheran. Everything about our church is unlike me. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> I went to this church when it was on 16th and Glendale. The community church is there and how they bought that church, you know, from us, that building. And when I walked in the door as a college student, I saw people raising their hands I saw people with a smile on their face. Like they actually wanted to be there. And when they sang, you could hear things coming out of their mouths. It was amazing. And there was a guy in the front row playing the bongos. In church. Bongos. It was totally and completely foreign to me. But after a number of weeks, they began to worship God and they raised their hands. And after a number of weeks, I looked around and went, doink. <laughs> a few weeks later, doink, doink. Nobody cared. And a lot of people tell me they haven't gotten any higher all these years. <laughs> All this is is another dimension of, of something that you're not comfortable with. Because it's foreign to a lot of people. They have to renew their minds to it. But the funny thing is, we're raised in such a way that all of our lives we speak evil of ourselves. Most of the evil speech and negativity is not coming from other people towards you. It's coming from you towards you. And you're perfectly familiar and comfortable with putting yourself down but have a problem, you're about to swallow your tongue to say, I'm favored of God. That's God changed. Say it, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God unto salvation in all of its dimensions to them that believe. I am the favored of God. And you know what happens? When you say that consistently, that works as a magnet to attract favor in your life. Just as a scientist has proven you can affect water. 
with your words. Amen. Uh, Jeremy Pearson's, uh, Brother Copeland's grandson, did the same thing when he was in, in grade school with two plants. <laughs> he would speak life to one and bless that plant, and he would speak death, a science experiment. And the school did what he was doing, the teacher did. So he'd speak life, and he would speak death. They all got you know everything else, same water, same light, same circumstances, but one he spoke life to, and one he spoke death to. And days went by, weeks went by, and guess what? They both appeared to be perfectly fine. And Jeremy made the mistake of going to his mother and saying, Mom, this is not working. And she said, yes, it is. He said, it's not working. She said, yes, it is. It's not working. Yes, it is. You're getting exactly what you're saying. He was saying it's not working. He began to get with the program and over time what happened is the one plant that was blessed and people completely secular scientists have done the same thing and proven it to be true. He proved with the words of his mouth affected the health of that plant. And eventually it just began to shrivel up and die. And he had put the, the good plant and the bad plant out there in the garage or something like that where it did not receive any kind of nourishment. He went out there months later, and guess what happened? The one he had blessed is still alive. Like always, science backs up the Word of God. Say, my words are magnets. I attract things with the words that I say. I should line my mouth up with what God says. God says I'm favored, so therefore, I'm going to say I'm favored. Amen? And don't pay attention to what somebody thinks about you saying that. It's none of their business. Number five, you must expect favor. Look for it and expect opportunities to show up in your life. Look for those slices. Expect it every day. Well, I had some favor last week, so I probably shouldn't be selfish and expect it today. No. You have access to the favor of God, and it is an unlimited pool of God's demonstrated love for His people. Continue to expect it. Because as you know, we're not blessed just for ourselves. We're blessed to be a blessing. Does that make sense? Maybe the favor comes into your life tomorrow specifically with an assignment. Money with a mission. Or opportunity with a mission. Or maybe the door God's getting ready to send you through is needed because they need your anointing in that workplace. Has it ever occurred to you? That's it. That's it. But pastor, I hate that job. It's possible to hate a job and be anointed to be there. That's true. Uh-huh. Because you think you're there for you. But you may be there for somebody else who needs that unction that's on your life. Expect it. Every day, get up expecting. What's God going to do today? Amen. Most of us grow up expecting the other shoe to drop. They'll even talk that way. Well, there's been two things bad happen today. I guess I should expect the third thing because they always come in threes. What if you change your mind and start expecting the favor of God to come every day in threes? You see how twisted we are? And we think that's perfectly normal and fine to think that way. Well, here comes the other shoe. Two things bad have happened. They come in threes. What else is going to happen? Well, two people died in our family. Here comes the third one. I don't want you saying that over me. Shut your mouth. Well, two people got bored again in our family today. Where's the third one at? Yeah. There you go. 
Well, two people got healed in church this week. Where's the third one? Yeah. Anybody here volunteer to be the third one? Yeah. I mean, we are so steeped in this stuff, we can't even recognize how dumb it is. Oh, we have a problem calling ourselves blessed and favored, have a problem expecting favor, but have no problem at all expecting disfavor. That guy's trying to stir us up. Amen. Um, start expecting it. Every day. Every day. Every day. Glory to God. He surrounds you with favor. But I'm convinced that some of that favor gets blocked because of our lack of expectation. Amen. See yourself favored. See yourself walking in this like never before. Amen. It's a mind-renewing issue. And catch yourself when you start thinking and talking the old ways. Well, I wonder what else bad's going to happen. Amen. I can't tell you how many people in this area last night started talking about how bad it's going to be and how much damage is going to be because this new system came through last night, how horrible it's going to be. And, <laughs> and what do believers say? Not on my watch. Well, who do you think you are? Well, uh, in a rainstorm, there's rain. And if a scientist can bless a drop, and you can bless a cloud. But we just don't think this way. <laughs> when we get to heaven, we're all going to go to a seminar. <laughs> and it's going to be how to think like a son or daughter of God. And the guy's going to say, y'all been twisted by living down there. You don't remember who you are. He's going to hold you up like Simba. Everything you see the light touches is yours. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and guess what? You don't have to wait. Now, I try to pick up some of you myself, but I get a hernia. I'm not going to do that. So. <laughs> Everything you see the light touches is yours. <laughs> it's a total different mindset. Number seven. Actually, number six, isn't it? You, you must recognize favor, know how to spot it, and take advantage of it. What do I mean by that? Okay, let's say that my brother gets a big, huge slice of favor tomorrow. You know, the first thing out of his mouth should be, that's the favor of God. Right. Not, I did it, or the strength Amen. of my hands did it. You get a piece of favor tomorrow, a slice of favor, the first thing out of your mouth should be, that's the favor of God. You see what? You're recognizing that it's God that did this. You're recognizing that He is a covenant-keeping God, that favor is a dimension of His covenant, and He did that. So that's practice. God gives you a big old slice of favor tomorrow. What's the first thing out of your mouth? That's the favor of God. You know that honors Him? It shouldn't be the last thing you say, or oops, I should have said something because pastor said so. <laughs> Practice with me. Say it. That's, That's the favor of God. You're going through a drive through and somebody pays your meal in front of you? That's the favor of God. Now be careful if they ask you to pay for the guy behind you and don't tell you what the bill is. <laughs> Say it. That's the favor of God. Glory to God. You find out there's a discount on something you buy. That's the favor of God. You're being favor-minded and conscious instead of self and people-minded. Hallelujah. 
Um, he's just, uh, he's no respecter of persons. What's the first thing that's come out of your mouth when a slice of favor comes into your life? <coughs> when I hear a report that the radiation was successful, the first thing, amen, should come to our mind is what? That's a favor of God. Hallelujah. Amen. When your sister comes high on pot, that's not the favor of God. But, but getting deliverance over that is the favor of God. And I'm just going to say it again. If we have a potluck, just don't take anything she brings. Hallelujah. Just, that's not going to be her gift. <laughs> I only tease people I really like. You realize that, right? Okay. <laughs> But hallelujah, not being in the hospital over it, the favor of God. Amen. Yes. Being in church the next day, that's the favor of God. That's the way we should be. Yes. i tell you what, that'll knock out a lot of the belly aching and complaining that's in our lives, won't it, church? And number seven, you must appreciate the favor. Gratitude for the opportunities will yield you even more. First thing out of your mouth, that's the favor of God. That means God did it and you recognize it. Next thing out of your mouth, praise your Father. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for all the favor that's in my life. I thank you for all the good things you have done, all the good things you will do. It keeps you in a right attitude and keeps you in a position to receive from God. Anybody here ever had God provide for you? You didn't know how it was going to happen. Yes, that's the favor of God. Thank you, Father, for it. You kept your covenant in my life. Anybody here ever healed? Restored by God. That's the favor of God. You see, the people who say healing's not for today or God doesn't care about prospering his people, really what it's about is them relying on themselves and the flesh. Yes. It's faith people, it's prosperity people that take the time out to acknowledge who's really doing everything. That's right. Not the strength of my own hand, but what? God in his favor. You thank him. The old timers will sing a song, count your what? Many blessings. Name them what? You know what happens when you start doing that? You start thinking, you know what? I'm doing okay. After a few more, you say, I'm doing better than okay. After a few more of those things you enumerate, all of a sudden you think, I'm doing really, really well. Yes. You keep doing it, you say, I am thoroughly blessed. Yes. After a while of doing that, continue to count those blessings, you say, I'm his favorite. I've got to be his favorite. <laughs> and when you don't, it's like all you see is what hasn't happened. Just an example before we close in prayer. I have always said this, that no matter what you've been through physically with sickness or disease or trauma, the majority of your life has been, sent, been spent in health. And that blip where you weren't, you thank God for restoring you. But instead of just saying thank you for restoring me, how about thanking him for all the decades you never even had a sniffle? Does that honor God? Well, I got this, I got that. Well, how about when everything was great? Well, I'm getting older, Pastor. Things are popping and creaking and snapping. I don't know what's going on. Pains are showing up here and there. Listen, even then, you spend most of your time in most of your situation in, in health. And you're older in life and you have your faculties. Guess what? Amen. Thank God. Everybody say, that's the favor of God. Amen. Look at somebody say, count your many blessings. Name them one by one. First thing out of your mouth is, that's the favor of God. And then always be thanking Him for every time that kind of slice showed up in your life. Amen. It honors Him. And He says in His Word, those that honor me, I'll honor.
Amen. He's just begun in your life. Everybody in this room is more blessed than you can possibly comprehend. Already. Sitting here if you never did another thing in your life. God help us never to forget just how much He has already done. Amen. Can you receive that tonight? Give Him a hand clap and thank Him for it.